James Harden is going to report to camp. Oh boy, how's that going to go? Plus, we play real or fake with the Damian Lillard trade. Should Milwaukee have not done it? And Zion Williamson staying healthy in New Orleans. It's all right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Lockdown NBA Podcast. We're here in the Lockdown Podcast Network. You just heard it. It's your team every day. We're here for you every day, Monday through Friday, with rotating hosts. And on Wednesdays, it's us. I like us. It's me, John Corrales. I like us, too. <laughs> I like us, Jake. I'm John Corrales, host of the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Find me on Twitter, at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans Podcast on Twitter, at Nola Jake. Oh, Jake. You got a little sit-down with Zion Williamson. Got to sit down with a bunch of players. Media day. It's like the start. It's like back to school, right? Like it feels like the first day of school. So like happy. you oh, go yeah. in, you see people you haven't seen for the whole summer, whether it's other media folks, whether it's just like yeah. staff around the team, players that you're somewhat friendly with. Like it's, it's just like a great day. I was like buzzing after that. Yeah. I'm sitting there talking to like Celtics executives at the media day, talking to you know people walking by, Hey, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Have a nice conversation within like, a month they're going to be walking past me like hey john and walking by oh, like yeah. oh, it's, it's going to go away so quickly but for now oh man everybody's so thrilled everybody's so happy we'll talk to you in the third segment about zion you got that sit down you've got that insight we're going to talk a little bit about my team and drew holiday and damian lillard the milwaukee bucks it's an i think it's a question that we're struggling to answer was Milwaukee better off not doing the Lillard deal because Boston got holiday? But let's start with the, the story, the drama. James Harden is going to show up. He's actually going to be in Fort Collins, Colorado to step on the floor as a member of the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, we've heard that it's going to it's going to be in an attempt to just be as insufferable as possible, which not hard for James Harden, but it's what are we thinking here? Jake, is, is this going to go like, is James Harden just going to be like total Richard head or is he going to be a, you know, is he, is he going to fall in line eventually because he knows this is the best place for him to be? I have no idea. Like, I, I don't <laughs> no want to say I'm not. like on the, the edge of my seat about this, but this is like genuinely unknown territory to me on both sides of this, right? For Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers. Like, I think you and I did this earlier in the offseason, and we do so many shows that I sometimes forget what we've done before, where yeah. didn't we do like, what could he do to like make things uncomfortable, right? Like he's going to like yeah. fake fart or something like that and like blame <laughs> it on other players and things like that, right? Like, what if he just comes in and starts talking in, like, a British accent, like, the whole time he's there just to, like, annoy the heck out of people? Yeah, there's, like, a lot of jokes, right? Just shows up with an alternate personality. Do not refer, refer to me as James. My name yeah. is William like He's, he's going to pull, like, the, the prince thing and be like, I'm a symbol now. And, yeah. Like, what if he just hired, like, an impersonator? Like, someone that looks enough like him to go up and just, like, show up there and be like, <laughs> while he's at home or something like that. Like... Like, I could see all of that happening. Like, why like not? Guy, if he wants to make things weird. It'd be like that guy that happened. It was in New Orleans. The guy that put on all the, uh, like, the, the New Orleans paraphernalia and stepped yep. onto the floor and just started taking some shots. Yep. If he could send somebody in with a big beard, maybe a yeah. fake beard, 
And since that, yeah, that would be that. even better. That would be better. Like, you know, it's like, so you have this situation where, okay, like he tries to make things uncomfortable and no one wants to trade for him because of that. And it makes it harder to find a deal. Like, and it makes your situation worse. Like, yeah, I could see that, you know, certainly I could also, you know, it, it also makes sense for him to be on his best behavior too, doesn't it? Like that would make a lot of sense to sure. try and get traded that way. You know, I think, and then you have Philly of like, what are they going to deal with and how much of a line in the sand do they want to draw? You know, we're starting to see maybe some of the player empowerment weaken a little bit. We'll talk more about the Damian Lillard trade in the next segment, but he didn't go to his preferred destination. And that's like the first time something like that hasn't really happened in a long time. You know, does, but he got traded nonetheless. Philly might take it to the next extreme and be like, you're going to play for us. We're going to try and contend. And that's that because you're under contract and we kind of hold the leverage here. I don't know, man. There's just a lot of different like forces and factors coming into all this. And I have like legitimately no idea how this is going to play out at all. You ever see, you know, middle-aged guy who very clearly is trying too hard like no never right. never see right. that particularly on like a tuesday night wednesday morning or anything. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the guy who's still acting like he was in college and you're like dude it doesn't meet me this past weekend <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's that's harden that's harden here yeah. he's he's the guy he's like the 44 year old like in real life who's like at the bar recently divorced at the bar uh skinny jeans you know, like trying too hard, pretending like the stuff that used to work for him when he was like in his twenties, it's not flying. And everybody's looking at him, at him going, Oh, you don't get it. Do you, you don't, you should be at the wine bar trying to get the other divorced moms. That's what you should be doing. You should be on a different plane. James Harden should not be trying to pull this. It's done. He's not good enough to be doing this. He's not good enough for the same old playbook and he doesn't have the same options for the same old playbook. He's going to come in and if he chooses to make this uncomfortable, if he chooses to come in and be like, watch me ether the Philadelphia 76ers, what's he going to do? He's just going to not play hard. He's going to go. He's going to play half speed. He's going to go and he's not going to make, he's going to pass the ball and not look for it back. He's going to have them play four on five. He's not going to defend anybody and he's going to make it. So Philly's going to say, fine, we're going to trade him for whatever. But in the meantime, Portland is sitting there with Malcolm Brogdon. There are other places, other people, uh, other teams with, you know, tradable assets. The LA Clippers, Harden's preferred destination, do not want to drag out and wait for a, a, another point guard that they, they, they feel like that they want. If Portland turns around and says, uh, you know what? Here we go. We'll, we'll take that one pick. The Clippers are trying to protect the two picks. Everybody's talking about the two picks that they have. They want to save one. Fine. You save one. We'll take one. Here's Malcolm Brogdon. Here's your stopgap. You have him for under contract for two years. He's, is he as good theoretically as James Harden? No. But does he come with all of the baggage and the petulant tantrums and all of that stuff? And you know in a year he's just going to ask for a trade again out of the Clippers. So whatever little thing that he does in Philly, it's going to blow up in his face because if once the Clippers solve their issues, no one in the NBA is going to want him and he can be 
find. I think the the Sixers should just sit them down. Like, okay, you're not going to play hard. You're benched. You're fine. Like you're fined for conduct conduct detrimental, and just sit there. And we're just going to blow up your free agency. You're not playing. You're done. And and the James Harden era basically ends. Can Maury do that? Can Maury do that if he doesn't want to go through a rebuild and it doesn't seem like he wants to go through a rebuild? Wouldn't it be better if you're not going to play James Harden just to trade him at that point for anything and just get something back in return from him, knowing you're still going to be bad? You know, I think one of the reasons... No, no, I get what you're saying. There's there's also to prove a point here to him and things like that, but it's very clear Maury doesn't want to go through a rebuild because he's worried about losing Joel Embiid after the fact, right? Like we've talked about it. Embiid's going to be the next superstar to ask for a -hmm. trade. So you kind of need to still be competitive because the easy thing here at this point in time is just trade both of them. If this is getting this weird and this uncomfortable and it's most certainly going to be, but Maury seems like he'd rather go down with the ship, which I don't know if that's the actual right attitude or not. Right. Like I can see an owner going down with the ship, but Maury as a team executive, you know, probably isn't, you probably don't want to be acting out of spite, which I wonder if he's doing to a little bit of a degree here. I don't know, man. Like it's a mess. Like this is a mess. The best thing that Harden can't wait to see what's going to happen. But honestly, the best thing that Harden can do is be like, you know what? I still don't like Daryl Maury. I don't like him, but I love my teammates. I love Joel Embiid. And I like what Nick Nor- what Nick Nurse is doing, and I don't want to screw all those guys over. I'm going to play, but I will play with a middle finger shirt that says Daryl Morey underneath it, and that's going to be my stance. But I'm going to play for my teammates yeah. and my coach. That's the absolute single best thing that he can do. Keep and and then maybe he'll understand. Like that that would mean he would understand that's what's going to get him traded sooner than petulant tantrum that's it that's the only thing you can do anything anything short of that and he's screwing himself yeah it's i don't know i don't know what's going to happen and it's going to be look i love the drama in the nba i know probably a lot of our listeners love the drama in the nba so like i don't know we we got maximum drama coming here maximum drama maximum fort collins colorado drama capital of the world let's go (laughs) we'll play real or fake when we come back uh, should the Milwaukee Bucks have just kept Drew Holiday now that he's in Boston and they have Damian Lillard? Are they better off with the trade the way they've made it? We'll answer that question in just a second. First, today's show is brought to you by our friends at Ibotta. Ibotta is uh, going to help you get cash back on the things that you buy. Weather is getting colder. So you can stock your closet with winter clothes, uh, coats, hats, gloves, scars, more. Uh, use Ibotta, get cash back. Whatever it is, going to the grocery store, you get cash back on hundreds of grocery items, personal care, pantry goods. Uh, the average Ibotta user earns $100 a year. All you got to do is link your loyalty account, upload your receipt after your shop. You get cash back, not points on an app that doesn't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real money that you can take out of your bank account, or it's in your PayPal account, or it's on a gift card. So go check it out. And it's not just groceries. You can go to uh, retailers, online brands, Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, more. Download the Ibotta app. Use the code LOCKED at the start 
and, and to start earning real cash back. Go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download the free Ibotta app, use the code LOCKED, that's I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store, and use the code LOCKED. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Check out Locked On Sixers. They're going to have all of that drama over there. I have been uh, very busy with the Drew Holiday stuff and Locked On uh, Celtics. Later, we'll talk about Zion. Uh, this guy over here, Jake, has a lot more with Zion on Locked On Pelicans. Jake, I just recorded uh, a crossover with Kane Pittman of Lockdown Bucks trying to answer this question. And we're going to go real or fake. The, the real or fake question is the Milwaukee Bucks would have been better off just keeping Drew Holiday instead of trading for Damian Lillard because Holiday went to Boston and negates what they gained in with Damian Lillard. Oh, I think this is fake. I, I get why on the surface this is a question, but it is very fake. <laughs> they should have traded Drew Holiday. Uh, and there's a couple of layers and reasons to this, right? How, how excited did Giannis seem after this trade to bring in yeah. Damian Lillard? So this trade is not only about trading for Damian Lillard, it's also getting Giannis to sign an extension in a summer when he's ex you know extension eligible for even more money. So you secured the services of Damian Lillard and Giannis. That alone will do it. We, it's like, in my book, that is like case closed. The defense rests here, all of that. <laughs> the, other, the other side of it is, look, Drew Holiday, I don't think was pretty good in the playoffs last year. You know, he struggled at times in the postseason for them after that championship run that they had. Damian Lillard has delivered in the playoffs in some big moments. And I think when we look at Portland and their lack of playoff success, are we blaming that on him or are we blaming that on kind of the rest of the roster? We've seen some real cool game winners from him and some big time games, but also some struggles too. But I think you trust him in the postseason far more than you would Drew Holiday. You know, yeah, you lose when it comes to the defense. And look, Holiday played for years here in New Orleans. I, there's very few bigger fans of Drew Holiday than New Orleans Pelicans fans to this day. He's beloved in the city because of the way he plays, the defense, and everything like that. Damian Lillard's better. I yeah. trust Dame in the playoffs. In the postseason, you got to score. You need a dude like that, someone to take pressure off Giannis too. No, they absolutely should have done this. You can't control what happens to other teams necessarily. You can control what you can control, which is your roster. They made their roster better. At the end of the day, that's all they can do. So let me just clarify. So people listening for you know Lockdown NBA will be like, oh, of course the Boston guy is going to ask this question. This comes from the, the Low Post podcast where Zach Lowe said he had people, executives texting him, or, or taught, mentioning to him that, ooh, I don't know if this is, you know, if this works out in Milwaukee's favor because Boston gets the guy that can now guard Damian Lillard. Lillard has historically had... He's done it in the postseason before, actually. Did it for you guys in the postseason. So uh, there's that history of, wow, Holiday just, like, He's. We know that he's taken Dame's lunch before. Um, you are correct. So I am also going to say fake, but I'm not going to say it's very fake. I'm going to say it's like 
70-30 in, in, okay. in, in fake. You, That's a great point about Giannis, that this makes Giannis happy, and making Giannis happy means you do the deal and you just th- risk it. 100% yes, like, correct. absolutely. 100% correct, and that's why this becomes fake. But there's that 30% that says, um, but Giannis did say as long as we're good when he committed to signing next year uh, when, when he was asked about the extension, he has said, I'm not signing an extension. I got to opt out and then sign a new contract. That's when you make more money. And as long as we're good tells him like there's an out if, and I think that Boston has matched up well against Milwaukee. They have, a lot of success against Milwaukee. It's hard to have success against Milwaukee, but Boston has done it because they have had stretch bigs like Al Horford that can move uh, Brooke Lopez out of the lane. And so they still have that in Horford, and now they have an even bigger one, younger one, in Kristaps Porzingis. They have the wings. Who guards these wings for the Milwaukee Bucks? And then you say, okay, well, you've got Dame, well, now you got Drew Holiday, and obviously you make the trade for Damian Lillard. Every time Milwaukee does it, you make the trade and you cross your fingers and you hope that Boston doesn't value uh, Holiday over Robert Williams. But they did. And so now you look at the matchup and you say, it's not it's not like cut and dried anymore. Boston in Milwaukee in a seven game series, you, you simulate that a hundred times and it could just be 50, 50, right? 50 times Milwaukee, 50 times Boston, but Milwaukee was supposed to do this trade so they can win 75 out of 25 or a hundred out of a hundred. So I do think holiday going to Boston is what makes this like Milwaukee front office. People going like, Oh, anywhere, but Boston. I mean, I'm sure they're thinking that, right? But again, you can't control that. And given that it is a, is a trade, you know, I do think the Celtics lost some of their depth there too. You know, you yeah, can, you get Drew Holiday who can, who can, you know, hang with Damian Lillard and he's definitely done that, but he's a couple years older than he was during that series. Maybe you're banking on the fact that it's not like Damian Lillard kryptonite anymore, but then also the Celtics, if you're looking at that series, it's going to be Kristaps Porzingis or Al Horford guarding Giannis for the most part, I would be guessing, kind of in that capacity here now. Um, you know, or, or uh, O'Shea Brissett, you know, potentially trying to do that, right? Like, I'll feel great about that if I were Boston. You know, you kind of lose some of those springy bigs that they've had. They lost, what, two of them this, this offseason. And I think that's where they look at it. You know, it's like, so yes, while the Bucks had to give up someone good, so did the Celtics in a sense too, just kind of at a different position to be able to get in that guy, right? There's a give and take kind of with everything yep. here. And so I'd be willing to bet the Milwaukee Bucks are like, okay, shut down Drew Holiday and Giannis is going to keep going for a, a 50 plus, you know, performance mm-hmm. almost every single night because there's no answer there. And if he's doing that, they probably win the series. It's, um, yeah, losing Grant Williams hurts. Losing Robert Williams hurts. Um, Robert Williams was at least a rim protector that can, that can meet Giannis at the rim. Mm-hmm. Grant was at least, you know, big beefy dude that doesn't, you know, doesn't know if no one stops Giannis, but no. every once in a while he slid in front and drew a charge and that's pretty good. So that, that hurts, but uh, Al Horford has historically done a good job. 
Will he do a good job at almost 38 years old? I don't know. Uh, Christoph Porzingis is seven foot three. He can meet Giannis at the rim. So you, you, and, and maybe there's, uh, the one thing that I didn't mention when I was talking about this on lockdown Celtics with the crossover, uh, the Boston Celtics got Charles Lee, assistant coach, formerly of the Milwaukee Bucks in Boston. So he has a little bit of inside information as to, okay, this is, these are the little things that you can do here or there. Uh, so I think that helps. And the coaching matchup is, you know, an interesting one too, because first year coach Adrian Griffin in Milwaukee, second year coach uh, Joe Mazzula in Boston. That's a matchup. To me, it boils down to this. You got three matchups that matter. The coaching matchup, not in order, because <laughs> the the Giannis matchup is one. The Dame-Drew matchup is the other one. The coaching matchup will be third. Win two of those, you can win the series. Um, but to, to bring it back and wrap up the question, obviously I think Milwaukee does this deal 100 times out of 100. But I think the conversation is worth it because getting Drew Holiday for Boston levels the playing field significantly and makes, I think it just, all it does is raise Boston back up to Milwaukee's level and leaves whoever the third seed is in the East a little bit further behind. Oh, you just, you didn't even know what I was going to say. And I dug the the segue with the third seed a little bit behind it kind of ties into the James Harden discussion in the Philadelphia 76ers too, right? Like yeah. they're nowhere near either of the, these two no. teams, like nowhere near either of these two teams, even with James Harden kind of at his best. I don't think they're anywhere close to either of these two teams, which also makes it feel like the 76ers should just kind of blow it up and go through a rebuild because these two teams are still going to be here two, three years from now, probably still just as good. We'll find out what the answer is to this over the course of the regular season. In the meantime, the new Orleans Pelicans, the West is stacked, but there's one dude on that Pelicans team that can change things in a hurry for the new Orleans Pelicans. Uh, his name rhymes with Schmion Smilmanson, Will Smilmanson. Uh, we'll talk about him next. Hey, thanks for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Go check out Locked On Fantasy Basketball. All of these guys that we're talking about changing teams, what's the fantasy impact? Josh Lloyd is the GOAT. He will break it down for you. Who should you pick up in the wake of this? Is there somebody on Milwaukee? Is there somebody on Boston? Is there somebody in Portland that you should have on your team now that you should draft? Josh Lloyd's going to break it all down for you on the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Jake, Zion Williamson is back, baby. He's healthy. And I, I'm going to pull the internet, the old internet parlance. Nobody's talking about Zion Williamson. I don't know why no one's talking about Zion Williamson. Uh, but all the buzz is all over the place in the NBA. And New Orleans is like, uh, remember, we have this like unicorn of our own. Yeah, he's back. Uh, and he looks bought in and like a different player. You know, at Media Day on Monday, you know, when he first spoke to the media kind of at large, it was like a very different Zion, a, a much more business-like Zion. And you can see this offseason for the reasons he was in the news. It's <laughs> kind of like, I don't know, it did something to him. I can't put my figure on exactly what it was. But, you know, he's always been like a real happy guy, right? Kind of got like an aw shucks approach about him. He's got like a very good smile that looks great in photos and things like that. And he had none of that 
None of that at media day, really. This looked like a dude on a mission. And, you know, I spoke to him one-on-one. It's over on the Locked On Pelicans podcast and YouTube page right now, by the way, um, if I may. And, you know, you get a sense that he is trying to just be much more of a professional player. The reason no one's talking about him is he played 29 games last year. He's played 29 games over the past two years, and that's it. But this is a very special player when he does play. The Pelicans were first in the West while he was healthy. Brandon Ingram was out hurt then. They had the, uh, the sixth best offense, the fifth best defense, one of the few teams kind of pushing top five in both categories there. Um, remember I popped on your show, I called on in when uh, they right. made first in the West and that was kind of fun. So they, there's a talented team here, but it all hinges on Zion Williamson being healthy. And for like the first time in his career, I think he wants to really actively change the narrative around him. And maybe it was all all of the jokes on Twitter in the internet over what he went through this offseason um, with all of that. You know, he spent the entirety of the offseason here in New Orleans working out at the Pelicans practice facility. He's never done that in his career before. He has a personal chef, a personal trainer, other people that he's brought in to just kind of give him advice, I think. And I think he's just kind of refining his camp a little bit, right? I think he's looked around the league and maybe all of these jokes and things like that that came at his expense. He realized people did didn't necessarily have his best interests at heart. And so he's trying to kind of find the right people that he trusts and he started to find them. And this is a guy that says he wants to go out and win games. Like he just seems different. When I spoke to him, I said, you know, a lot's been made about the different approach you took this offseason, the changes you made. And I said, you know, what was the reason for that? And I don't think he's going to come out and say, I didn't like people making jokes about porn stars and things like that, certainly. <laughs> right. But he had said, you know, I want to take care of my body better. I want to not just make it a come into the season in shape and healthy thing, but something that extends during the regular season. And that's been the problem with him. He's come into the season in shape. He came into last season in shape, looked incredible. Oh, yeah. but, it's, it, but it's when he hits adversity, the hamstring injury. And I do think there was a lack of trust between him and the medical staff with this team and didn't maybe like their recommendations, their advice. So he kind of went with his own people who maybe were the wrong people. So to meet him halfway, the Pelicans mixed up, shook up their player performance and care team. Gone was Aaron Nelson, the vaunted head trainer of the Phoenix Suns for years. And mm -hmm. in comes Amy Atmore, someone new. And he seems to have appreciated that and seems like they finally kind of like listened to him. So you're seeing this Zion that's just more bought in than we've ever seen before. And for the Pelicans who were first in the West when he was healthy, they feel really good. They like that no one's talking about them. They said that, but if he's healthy, man, Team, I don't want to say they're uh, the one or two seed in the West, but could they push for the four seed and home court advantage in the first round? Like the West is stacked. Who knows? But I think they're in that conversation. Well, they're in the conversation somehow with Zion. He is one of the guys. It's just impossible to guard. Um, you know, it's it's easy to give up when the injuries are a hamstring, and it's like you got to rest. You got to sit and rest. And it's like, all right, yeah, I'll sit and rest. That. Cafe Dumont and just just chow on beignets. You know, it's easy to do that, uh, which is the John Corrales recovery plan. Uh, very highly recommended for people who want to get into competitive eating, but not necessarily basketball. So uh, I feel like I feel like Zion was, and I think we talked about this before. I feel like there's a scared straight element to this. Yes. You know, like they not only did he have all of this. The, the Pelicans floated out 
hey, I think we got to trade this guy. And they it, looked into it. They, they'll deny it, but there were conversations. Sure. And so you get Zion for the first time. It's, you know, you feel your basketball mortality, right? You, everything, everything around Zion for his whole life was just love and adoration and just domination and just getting to play through people and poor people who played Duke. And he just, just ripped through all of these people. Like they weren't even there. And now you go to the NBA and first of all, NBA is a little bit of a different animal. It's a long haul of a season. It's tough. You realize how much it's the number one thing. Every rookie, whether you're Zion, Shaq, or like the, the end of round, I'll say Jordan Walsh, the Celtics second round pick. You come in and the first thing, the hardest thing is you've been able to eat whatever you want all the time. And now you got to start treating your body like a temple, like it's a machine because mm -hmm. it's what it's what makes your money. And when you're like a basketball god like, like Zion, you never had to worry about that so much. No, but I mean, look at a guy like LeBron James, right? Famously spends a million or 10 million, whatever it is, on just like taking care of his body through a season. He, he didn't come into the league and do that. He didn't do that in the first five years in the league. It takes a while to kind of hit that maturity level with everything. And something that Zion had said was, you know, he's like, I, I wanted different results than what's happened before. I don't think he likes yeah. that he's missing these games and, th and things. And he said, so I needed to do things differently, which is at least kind of like refreshing to hear someone admit that you know he was on Gilbert Arenas's podcast earlier in the off season too I think it was during summer league and he's not going to come out no player is going to come out and be like yeah I did things wrong and I'm trying to do things better now but you're hearing like more accountability from him on all of this as opposed to like blaming it on others and I think he just kind of like realizes like I think he just woke up one day and was like I don't want this to be the narrative around me I don't yeah. want to be missing games so I you know, I got to do things differently. And he is, you know, the other thing that I mentioned uh, that I should mention is, you know, he's going to be, this is what spawned the whole terrible stuff all off season for him. All the bad PR was he's having a kid, he's having yeah. a daughter that's due in November. You know, that is something that forces you to grow up and be mature in a way that you weren't before. You know, we were going to talk about Lonzo Ball when he stopped kind of being in his dad's shadow it was when he had a kid and you've got to kind of yeah. be your own man at that point and that kind of changed his career big time I think Zion might be going through that a little bit too he had said you know he's like my daughter's not even here but she's already changed my life right like yeah. is that a factor into it too I think all of these things mean like look I, I can't say that he's gonna stay healthy but if he is and there's reason to believe that things are at least gonna be different and sometimes you just get fluke freak injuries there's nothing you can do I don't know, man. Like that's a dude who's an MVP candidate in my mind. He he certainly can be in that in that mix, and you know it, it's been a lot of laying low this summer because of Dame, because of James Harden, because of all this other drama in the NBA, and because he has been hurt. Few people are talking about him. You know what that means? He's not selling shoes. He's not selling all mm -hmm. this other stuff. That's how you. That's how you become a billionaire. In, you know, that's how you become LeBron James billionaire. That's how you reach another status. You got to start selling stuff and not playing. You're not selling. And so all of those things, plus being kind of out of the public eye, Zion, I'm sure loves the attention. And so now, now you got to make sure you're staying on the court to get that attention. And you got to, you got to be playing, you got to be playing 
and you got to be better. (laughs) Bottom line is, bottom line is, the plan, the way he's been doing things, hasn't worked. So, you know, it's very John Taffer. You got to come in, like, you got to shut it down and start (laughs) over. Uh, Which means it's time for us to shut it down because once you make the John Taffer reference. That's it. End the podcast. So thank you for listening, everybody. On Wednesdays on the Lockdown NBA podcast, it's us. I'm John Corrales, host of the Lockdown NBA podcast. Find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. Lockdown Celtics podcast. What I'm saying? Lockdown I- NBA. They're already listening to us oh, right now. Lockdown Celtics. Whoops. I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast and Lockdown NBA on Wednesdays with this guy here on Twitter Ooh, at Nola J. Baby, I, I got season go. coming up. I got to go. <laughs> Um, staring at all locked on NBA in my face. All right, that's it, everybody. Thanks. Check out uh, Nick Angstead, Path of Designer tomorrow. Subscribe, all of that stuff. Uh, and if you are a regular subscriber, if you love the show, would love to have you do one more thing. Share the podcast, spread the word, tell your friends, tell everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown NBA podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day.